This podcast is sponsored by the novel Noteworthy Tribute. Hello, we are the authors of Noteworthy Tribute. I'm Mark. And I'm Josiah. Noteworthy Tribute is a coming-of-age story where characters young and old learn the importance of relationships and that sacrifice is the bridge to their destiny. Corey Lynn Faber finds himself in Virginia Beach, 3,000 miles away from home, after the death of his best friend and bandmate. While on the path to rediscovery, he meets a local aspiring music producer, Evan Spencer. Evan, a, a young DJ, has his own struggles with his family's desire for him to pursue college and a quote-unquote normal life versus starting a band and traveling. All of this unfolds against the backdrop of family secrets. Here's some reasons why you'd want to read it. You'll get the view of a young black male navigating his future versus that of his single parent mother. There are generational tensions. You'll read about relationships between characters who are 20 something and their parents. Plus, our readers share that it's a great short weekend read. Here's where you can go pick up a copy. Amazon.com Noteworthy Tribute. It comes in paperback and Kindle. Or go to awakenwithmark.com and click the book link. Thank you. Hello, you're listening to Josiah's Voice. I'm your host, Josiah Bradley. In this conversational podcast, I invite you on my journey through TV, film, and writing. Plus, fellow artists visit with me to share their own unique creative voices along the way. Tune in and get inspired. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Josiah. Welcome to another episode of Josiah's Voice, the podcast. We're still in season three. This is going to be a little bit of a test. I I think it's going to be fine. I'm outside right now. So if you hear a little bit of wind, I got my screen going, so it should be fine. Uh, If you hear any kids screaming or dogs barking, it's because I'm at the park. Somebody was even playing an accordion and maybe a trombone or something a few minutes ago. I don't know. But like, you know, it's a really nice day and there's some people barbecuing out here and whatnot. And so I came out here to uh, enjoy the outside uh, and read over some thoughts I recorded because uh, I just wrapped uh, working on the HBO show Insecure. So yeah, um, just a few, um, I guess, opening announcements. If you've been following Josiah's Voice podcast, this is just kind of a hobby I have where uh, I talk about my writing journey. I talk about my love of storytelling, books I'm reading, movies, uh, my trajectory, in uh the entertainment industry or journey for for sure like how that's going and everything and uh i've also in the past year um really taken a liking to artist interviews so i've been talking to people about writing i've been talking to people about um music about business about film about books and so much more Uh, And it's been several months (laughs) since I recorded uh, because of uh, getting the opportunity on Insecure. Follow the podcast uh, at Josiah's Voice Podcast on Spotify, on iTunes, uh, Apple Podcasts, and anywhere you get your podcasts. You can uh, follow announcements for the show on social media at Josiah's Voice Pod on Twitter, uh, Instagram, and Facebook. And uh, you can keep up with the blog notes, uh, 
that uh, the show notes really is what I mean, where I just log, you know, a lot of the highlights from uh, artist interviews or from the episodes like books we recommended, uh, resources, products, things like that. That's on the blog at josiahsvoicepodcast.wordpress.com. That's josiahsvoicepodcast.wordpress.com. Just wanted to get those, you know, opening announcements out of the way really quick. But I'm uh, just kind of shaking the rust off because it's been a couple months from late March to mid-June. I was uh, on set as a production assistant, a.k.a. a PA on Insecure, specifically a COVID compliance PA. And just basically that's, uh, you know, just providing um, PPE. Uh, I forgot what that stands for, but it's the acronym that's basically for like your K95 mask, hand sanitizer, wipes, Z shields, all types of just cleanliness supplies um, as different studios and productions, you know, try to get their movies and films made while just observing, you know, safety protocols, you know, because it's still COVID out here and whatnot. And we're just trying to be safe. And so that's what I did and several dozen other uh, young people. Um, Just doing our part to uh, make sure the final season, season five of Insecure happens. If you haven't watched Insecure, it was created by Issa Rae and Larry Wilmer. The showrunner is Prentice Penny. Issa Rae uh, is made popular by the uh, web series Awkward Black Girl from like the 2010s or what do we call that? The aughts or something like that. The early 2000s, I guess, um, where it just followed the misadventures of uh, a young, you know, a young black girl um, working for nonprofits in L.A. and just trying to figure out her life, trying to figure out her life mid to late 30s, dating, friends, jobs, all that stuff. And it was just inspired by Issa Rae's, I guess, experiences as something of a a quote unquote unicorn of just being awkward, not being, I guess you could say traditionally cool and hip and popular. Um, but still just trying to figure out life. Issa Rae kind of calls her show insecure, the prequel to the concept of black girl magic, black girl magic. You're dominating. You're on top. Maybe everything's not working out for you, but you're just kind of leading And it kind of just feels like everything's kind of going your way or you have control over this thing, you know. Um, If I didn't say it before, you're, you know, super confident. And Insecure was just about Issa D and her friends kind of navigating the highs and lows of being confident, being insecure as it pertained to your job, your dating life, people's perceptions of blackness and politics, just the highs and lows of black life as you're trying to well, get control of your black life and lead your best life. Um, so that's what Insecure was about. And those are the concepts that Issa Rae uh, has been tackling the past 10 years. She also covered these things in her uh, in her book, um, which I've read uh, before. Just the development of her show, Awkward Black Girl. And um, it's just kind of, well, it's definitely a subject she's been dominating for a while. Um, Just using her unique voice. She's not like a spokesperson for being awkward and black. Some people might see her that way. 
but I don't think she necessarily sees herself that way. She's just trying to tell her story, you know, and just portray life as she sees it and as she's experienced it with some of her friends and family. And uh, Insecure is one of my favorite shows. Previously, I tried with my best friend to do the um, her set PA contest that she used to hold. Um, were really funny um, for any of you guys, any close friends and family who followed, you know, follow me on social media. Marcus and I, my best friend, totally did a little sketch, you know, are our, our throwing our names in the hat. Um, you know, we didn't make it, but it was fun to do it. And then fast forward to 2021, you know, getting through a pandemic and, you know, through the power of networking, I was uh, hired to be a COVID set PA on Insecure, which is pretty awesome. So um, my main highlights through the highs and lows, and there were very low lows and there were very high highs. Guys, that's just film production. But I guess I could distill this into two things that really resonated, which were um, networking and I guess tenacity or perseverance. A lot of things I, I experienced, let me say I wrote a list here, was just seeing amazing sets, um, a great team, uh, lots of women on set running things, um, seeing Natasha Rothwell, who plays Kelly, who just kind of steals the show every time she's on set, meeting other people from the DMV, that was crazy, meeting cool crew members, and getting my creative spark back, a lot of that was just wrapped up in the power of me really seeing in a new way the power of networking and not quitting. I'll be honest, you know, to just get this out of the way, um, things started out really great on Insecure. Um, I was really wide-eyed and bushy-tailed. You know, first 12 days were amazing. I was really thrown in. And then I won't lie, basically just the there were a lot of early mornings. I really wasn't used to that because this was my first scripted show. Insecure is kind of run like a film set. Like what I mean by that is like a movie set, rather. I've worked on a couple um, independent movie sets with small shoestring crews. And that stuff was hard yet rewarding work. But working on Insecure really took the cake. Really ambitious stuff. Like if you're a fan of the show, yo. Every bit of blood, sweat, and tears is on screen. And I can now say that firsthand. Um, and so sometimes a lot of crazy, I'm talking like waking up at 3 a.m. Um, to make it to a 5 a.m. call, you know, depending on where locations were or how soon they needed us at the studios. Working with a lot of background, um, sometimes 50, as many as 50 people, you know, you got to count your blessings. I heard on the show Euphoria, they can sometimes average 100 to 200 extras, background extras or BG, as we like to call them. That's a lot of people. And I mean, I once worked on House of Cards a few years ago, working uh, at an arena to um, make it look like there was a, uh, you know, Democratic Convention Center. There was like 200 to 500 people and we moved them around the arena. Of course, I wasn't by myself. I was with dozens of other PAs and the direction was crazy, right? Um, also calls to mind like all the extras that Ava DuVernay must have had to work with on Selma, right? Or Peter Jackson working with all those extras on Lord of the Rings. It's a lot of work and just a lot of people working together, a lot of synchronicity and things like that. 
And so uh, early hours, working with a lot of background, working in the heat. I'll admit, three weeks in, it it wore me out. It was a lot. Being a, uh, a COVID PA is also a thankless job, but that's also just production assistance work. Don't get it twisted. It's rewarding stuff, and I'm going to get into that. But it's hard work. You're running a lot of errands. You're doing a lot of grunt work. PAs make the production happen. They really do. But it was also tough to do it in a pandemic. Um, very lucky, very fortunate to see uh, Insecure, you know, to completion. A lot of shows, you know, a lot of movies, you know, very lucky to be filming right now or to have wrapped. I met some people who worked on Dear White People, another show I really like, you know, that wrapped up and, you know, they had to get through the pandemic as well and protocols. If you pay attention to the film industry, you probably heard about Tom Cruise's rant, uh, quote unquote, back in December when he was working on Mission Impossible. And it was still it, it was it wasn't early on in the pandemic at that point, but it was like early of film crews picking back up in the pandemic. And a lot of people weren't taking it seriously. They weren't keeping their masks on. You know, they weren't observing, you know, various zones for certain crews just to help with social distancing while at the same time you can still get your work done. And he went off on people for like 10 minutes or something. And he was just, you know, people were really looking to them. And I think at the time, Jurassic World 2, I think, um, because they were some of the first productions picking back up. And again, really lucky to be be filming again, but a lot of people just weren't taking it seriously. That can make the job a headache. You know, when cast and crew just don't want to, you know, comply, we faced every challenge and uh, were able, like I said, to see the season to completion. But it was tough. It was it was really tough. I won't lie. I even came close to to quitting because it was just it was a lot working five, sometimes six days a week. Like I said, it's run like a movie set. I can only imagine what Game of Thrones must have been like. Because, I mean, as y'all, I mean, dragons, sword fighting, hundreds of extras, you know, fantasy genre, you know that's hard work. I was also fortunate, you know, to like have time off and to cut my hours down. In the long run, I realized that's what it was because I was warned that the burnout is real because it's a very ambitious show. That's all. And so thankfully, you know, I held on. I was able to reduce some days, you know, other of my team members were able to do that sometimes too. And sometimes you just need some R&R. You just need to be able to recharge and then come back to the set fresh. You know, you get home, you know, sometimes at 11 at night, but your call time was five, but you had to wake up at four, you know, and it's, Again, anyone who works, you know, in film and TV, you get it. For those of you who don't, you know, this is just barely the tip of the iceberg. (laughs) You know, um, be grateful for whatever industry you do work in. If film and television and entertainment isn't for you, that's okay. Different strokes for different folks. But we do this stuff because we love it. So that was a big thing. Tenacity. Don't quit. I was fortunate to be there. I'm glad it worked out. Um, that I held on because the rewards were crazy. And I'm not even just talking about the rap gifts. <laughs> if you saw my uh, my Instagram, Issa Rae and Yvonne Orgy signed my book because they both wrote memoirs. 
Like I said, I'd read Issa's book before. Uh, Yvonne's book, Bamboozled by Jesus, uh, just came out. Um, just talking about her journey in the in entertainment industry and also being a woman of faith. And um, they both signed my book. And I thought that was cool. And I got to actually talk to them. That's another really good thing that's rewarding. One rewarding thing is, uh, like I said, Issa Rae and Yvonne Orji chatted me up for a little bit, signed my book, which was really cool. You know, I told them that I'm an aspiring writer and appreciated Issa Rae making Awkward Black Girl, making Insecure. Molly Carter is my favorite character. I mean, I love all the characters on Insecure. I think a lot of us do who are a fan, but I really like Molly's character. I haven't seen every iteration of a character, but I don't know. For my money, I don't think I've seen any female characters, better yet black female characters who are allowed to be quite as messy as Molly Carter, better yet the other characters on the show. And it just seems like a Yvonne Orji, to me, just really relished playing the character. If you follow Yvonne Orji on Instagram, actually the, the fact that she relished playing the character is not a question because that girl was boohooing on her Instagram when she rapped and just was just crying tears of gratitude and sadness. Everyone was, it was very emotional as uh, the final weeks of the show. Yeah, she and Issa Rae, I'm very grateful um, that they, you know, took the time out to talk to me um, and to talk to other uh, PAs and people. But uh, I guess the next thing after Don't Quit would be networking. And part of that actually is first, in my experience, um, really good crews will talk your ear off in the best way. I experienced talking to so many people different writers, um, different PAs, audio people, video playback, camera people, you name it. When there's a break and you show genuine interest, like there are some people I had to tell them like, go, like go, oh, it's time for lunch, right? Like go to Crafty, you know, like go, like, cause they would have just talked talk my ear off about their journey, about what they bring to the show, about what they've learned, about the people they've met giving me advice, um, giving advice to other PAs. It was, uh, I gotta say, that was one of my favorite parts of uh, working on Insecure. As I'm thinking about it and as I was reading back through my journal, you know, there were a lot of conversations that I retained and I'm really glad I wrote those things down. You know, some people talked about, you know, not wanting to plateau because they're, you know, ripping and running all the time. You know, some people were working on two different HBO shows, including Insecure, at the same time. That's how in demand they were. And then kind of drive you crazy. I thought I was, you know, whoo, I thought I was worn out, you know, just being on one show. But some of these people in different departments worked on other HBO shows, you know, and it's a good problem to have. Man, they, they just talked about like not wanting to plateau and wanting to make sure that they were content and bringing their best. And that was really cool. I really enjoyed that transparency, you know, because let's be real, guys. It's Hollywood. Um, I've dealt with some crazy personalities and I've only been out here a couple years. OK, it's it's there's some there's some characters out here. OK, some people are more difficult to work with than others. Some people are really interesting, you know, but you just, you take the good with the bad, you try your best, you know, to let it roll off your back. 
Uh, there were some days, some people, I won't lie, had me in my feelings, had me really, really pissed off and really questioning, like, why am I in this industry? What am I doing? You know, uh, why am I why am I putting up with this? You know, I, I won't lie. You know, I'm I think in some of my circles, I'm known for being really pleasant, really, up, really upbeat, right? Really encouraging and all that. And I am all those things. But you know, there were some, there were some hard days, um, on insecure. There were some, there have been some hard days being out here working in film the past couple years. And I just like to think that I've learned from those experiences. And I hope that the good outweighs the bad. I had the uh, good fortune to meet, um, several assistants, uh, on the show to, to writers, to actors, to like, that was really, really cool. I feel really blessed to have been able to do that. The team was really great during the good days and the bad. You know, sometimes it felt like we were in like the trenches, <laughs> you know, in, in a war zone sometimes. Yeah, the team really, really made it awesome. That was really great. Now we uh, pass job notices along to each other, which has been really fortunate. A lot of people, I got some things thrown my way. That's really good. Um, if I haven't said it before, and I know I have, it's not just what you know, it's who you know. And working on Insecure really, really drove that home, people. I told you guys, you know, when things got tough, you know, I was able to take some days off, you know, just to recharge. But uh, there were some days toward the end where I could have actually had days off. And I was like, nah, man, we got to cut. What do we have? Three, two weeks left, week and a half. Nah, man, I got to drink this in, you know, because it's like you can see the light at the end of of the tunnel and it becomes real and that and you get your second wind and it's like no nah, man i don't know when i'm gonna see these people again like wow like i knew my team was amazing whoa this is about to be it you know and then you know the last day you know it's like 4 a.m in the morning and it's like wow isa's filming the last scene you know and everyone's crying because it's over and and there's cake and and champagne all over the place and Issa's giving speeches and different cast members are giving speeches about just how much the experience meant to them and how grateful uh that they are and it's like wow we uh we really did that and I just I learned a lot I learned a lot about myself I learned that I'm stronger than I thought this just gave me more experience as a writer and as a uh you know, as a creative, creative professional, um, I saw so many different things uh, behind the scenes. So many people demystified things about the industry. Like, um, y'all, Denise Davis, one of the executive producers and the founder of Reform Media. I just thank God because um, she took time. She took time out to sit down with as many of the PAs, the PAs, as she could to talk for, for a little while and answer questions about the industry and if and give advice where she could. You know, she talked about how like uh, just being kind, being patient, giving people a chance. Issa Rae gave her a chance. So was, and then next thing she looked up, she was an executive producer on Insecure because it's Hollywood. And I was like, how the heck do you stay grounded like that? And just, you know, her having a sense of self, meeting cool people like Issa who were just really kind to her and you pass that along you know because now I feel like I can do that now I feel like well if Denise can do it I can do it 
you know. And yes, there are days where it's crazy. I've already gone through all of that, you know. And I can only imagine the craziness that Denise and Issa and all the different, you know, producers on the show have seen. All the different fires they had to put out. And talking to Denise, that, you know, that was great. To just hear, you know, the trials and tribulations she'd been through. And um, I appreciated her advice about writing groups and programs at UCLA and, you know, uh, writing books and et cetera. And I thought that was really awesome. I was like, she did not have to take out time to do that with us. But you know what? She did. And it was fun to trade notes with some of my uh, friends in the PA nation. You know, oh, what did Denise tell you? Oh, she told me this. Oh, what? You know, I just thought that that was uh, I thought that was really cool. And just another rewarding high point of uh, of working on the show. Some amazing highlights were also uh, meeting a a set PA who's uh, just got amazing, amazing work ethic, who then uh, got promoted to being uh, one of the lead's personal assistant. But I thought that was tight. Like she was already really good at what she did. And then boom, like she gets this. And I'm like, what? Like, that's a lot of responsibility. Like, but you know what? There's a lot of communication, scheduling, et cetera, and things like that in being a set PA. And uh, she's just going to use all of that as being a personal assistant now. Another PA that I worked with, um, uh, one of the directors was uh, just someone that they really, really looked up to, um, especially in the music video game, for sure. Like, they're a legend. And my buddy just like really wanted to talk to them. And just by being herself, she was able to do that. Like long story short, like she was able to get his contact information and really just kind of pitch herself. And like, I don't know what's going to happen. I just know I wish her the best, but it was just like, y'all should have seen her. She was glowing. Like, like, I don't know what'll happen, but it's like, she's in contact with this person now. And this person really sounded like they recognized her hustle and her experience in film and where she's trying to go. And I just, I thought that was really, really awesome. One of the writers, also a director, Amy Aniobi, uh, that was cool. She's really neat. And I even got to chat with her like super briefly. There was something trending about uh in the screenwriting uh, world on twitter just about like how to best format something or how to write exposition like should you put non-actionable exposition here or shouldn't you and what are the stipulations and uh it was actually really really cool you know i was i just was able to chat with amy for just a second when nothing to you know, I didn't want to be distracting or anything like that. You know, like I said, time is money, uh, but it was OK. I got to talk to her for about five minutes or something like that and just kind of talk about it. Like, you know, you know, I guess maybe Quentin Tarantino or somebody like that or Aaron Sorkin or I don't know, can can bend certain rules because they've been in the industry so long and they've proven that they're so good at the industry. That was really what Amy and and I really like. That was the conclusion we came to because everyone's arguing on Twitter. I mean, what else is Twitter for, right? (laughs) But she was like, like, I wouldn't do that. Like, I'm gonna, you know, I'm just gonna stick to the rules. And, you know, especially if, you know, I don't know who the actor is going to be. Because one thing we noticed in the thread was that the argument was about a script that was for a specific actor and it seemed to go in the actor's favor. Now, for all I know, that was the only draft that that actor got. Maybe the shooting script looked different. 
most likely I can't prove it. I just say all that to say that was a cool exchange because um, a lot of people, a lot of up and coming writers uh, really like Amy. And it was just cool to see, you know, her, um, you know, her comedy web series. Um, I can't remember what it's called off the top of my head. I'll put it on the blog. Um, But to just see her, you know, go from her comedy web series to then being, you know, such a valuable writer in the writer's room to then directing episodes over the course of the show and even (laughs) getting cameos. Like even Prentice Penny, different writers, you know, get uh, sometimes we'll have cameos. And that's that's fun uh, to see. Even uh, Natasha Rothwell, you know, who's just a runaway hit on the show, went from being um, a writer to then it being recognized, well, you write so well for the character of Kelly. Why don't you just play her? You know, how cool is that? You know, and if I remember right, Natasha said just as much in her joyful, teary-eyed, you know, farewell uh, when when she rapped. But just the networking, you know, and just being fortunate enough to have those little moments, you know, that kind of poured into poured into me, you know, and people just sharing their stories or... Um, or their takes on the industry and things that have helped them as writers in this specific case, or um, how being an assistant helps, you know, as as they see, you know, they read scripts and they see development and they see directing and they see things like that. Being exposed to people like that, I'll never forget it. I'm forever grateful. And I told you guys that uh, cast and crew, you know, when there's downtime, will totally talk your ear off and share experiences and things like that and uh, demystify some things, teach you some things. And I learned some things like the actual differences between personal assist, bleh, personal assistance and executive assistance, because I, I had the opportunity to meet some assistants on the on the set. Um, I met some personal assistants who like help with personal scheduling and as well as the funny things you see in movies like dry cleaning and groceries and walking dogs and things like of that nature. But you need those things done so they don't fall by the wayside. And that just gives, you know, Prentice Penny or Issa Rae, you know, an extra, well, an extra safety and an extra sense of, you know, things are getting done in their personal lives because you can't forget the personal life, right? And then, of course, there are our executive assistants, or well, I say, of course, I didn't, like I knew, but it's like you don't know until you have these conversations and people break it down for you. You know what I'm saying? And I met even some executive assistants of like, uh, hooray, or, or like, uh, reform media, you know, needs executive assistants and they help run the business. So anything you can think of that helps run the business, like reading scripts or looking into things for development, meetings with actors or, or writers or, you know, hooray does a lot of stuff across different aspects of entertainment from film and TV to even music. And so executive assistants help with office things and administrative things like that. So that was really cool. And just, again, it's just really awesome when people uh, had the time and, you know, the patience and well, not the patience, but like they, they felt comfortable, like talking to us about things, about things like that. So I'm really grateful for for those moments. And they say talking to assistants is a great way to learn the industry anyway, um, as well as a great way to just kind of um if you don't talk to them, but also if you get into that role yourself, that's a great way to just see kind of 
not exactly like a PA, but similar to a PA of just seeing the many different colors and shades of the industry. So it was great to have uh, some of that breakdown between personal assistants and executive assistants. Um, Same thing. I really took away some gems from one of them about like what's the difference between a writer's PA and a writer's assistant and also the hierarchy well, of the writer's room, because y'all know that's my thing. You know, I'm studying up on that. And um, we didn't go through everything. But like, you know, writer's PAs are basically what I've done running errands just in an office production assistant capacity. You know, uh, getting lunch orders as well as making sure note cards and erasers and markers and stationery, all that nerdy writer supply stuff, you know. All that Office Depot stuff, pretty much, that's kind of what writers, PAs do and keep the writing space, conference room or whatever space is being used clean. And uh, it's it's another form of support staff. And I'm telling you, I already said it, film production don't happen without production assistance. So pay your production assistance and treat them with respect. Um, so someone talked to me about that as well as like writer's assistance, um, which I'd also be interested in big time and getting into I'm learning more about that where they you know uh take a lot of notes actually it kind of reminded me of like minutes for a book club in all honesty of just all the different uh ideas being thrown around because you might have a writer's room that's maybe seven people or maybe 13 or 16 people I don't know depending on how many episodes or how big you know the network or something like that is and uh, there's a lot of listening, there's a lot of typing, but it's also support just to keep up with the uh, continuity of how character arcs are going and how the continuity of the season is is going and, you know, uh, keeping track of, you know, act breaks and, you know, uh, documentation of the log lines and um some writers' assistants I heard uh, even put show bibles together, which is kind of like a big document that's the whole world of the show. Uh, they said not all you know writers' assistants do that, but some do. Um, and it was just you know just a wealth of of knowledge, and you know I can't remember what all of the functions are. Um, I'll have to Google them again uh, myself and check out my other notebooks. If you're interested in that, also Google. But, you know, they talked to to me about, you know, story editors and staff writers and executive producers and showrunners and, you know, Prentice Penny's the showrunner. And a lot of that includes writing, but a lot of that also includes being Um, Not a jack of all trades, but just answering a lot of questions across various departments, sometimes weighing in on the music, you know, sometimes even editing. He, if I heard right, even does a pass or two on certain episodes, you know, maybe even whether he directed them or not. Maybe just as a general responsibility as a showrunner, you know, hopefully I I recalled some of that right. Um, Again, if you're interested, definitely Google the functions of different writers and the functions of a television showrunner. But again, just a wealth of knowledge, just gems of information that, you know, um, oh, Red Tail Hawk, I think. Sorry. (laughs) Anyway, um, just really grateful for the assistants and the crew talking to me about those things, especially as they pertain to the writer's life. I loved it. Uh, if you want to check out Insecure, just check it out on, on uh, HBO Max. 
all of the episodes are are up there. So, yeah, um, here's a little something to end out this episode. Uh, Here's the last thing that I said uh, about my 50 days on Insecure. Um, I'll just read this and uh, close it out. I can't believe that I'm all done on Insecure Season 5. It's surreal. I survived and I thrived. This experience was mine. I fulfilled a dream and I think I grew into a better man and creator because of it. I'll be reflecting on these experiences and lessons for a while and maybe even discovering new ones. Thanks again for listening, you guys. Uh, If you could hear in the background, I hope you enjoyed this little concert as well. But yeah, again, thanks for listening as always. And I'll talk to you on the next episode. See ya. Thank you guys for tuning in to Josiah's Voice, the podcast. Subscribe on all listening platforms. And you can keep up with the show on social media by following at Josiah's Voice Pod on all social media. And keep up with the show on the blog. Subscribe at the blog at www.josiahsvoicepodcast.wordpress.com for all the show notes for each and every episode. And if you like my theme music, the song is called Emotion. It's by Mateo. Subscribe to him on iTunes and Spotify. Thanks, guys.